0: Welcome to Short Stories, a podcast on mommyhood matters by The Shortest Tallman. I am your host, Maggie Tallman, The Shortest Tallman herself. Grab a cup of coffee or tea and hang out with me while we discuss everything mommyhood. I'll share with you a bit about my own life and stories and bring on some amazing guests who are real moms like you and me doing really amazing things. So let's get started. Shorties! Oh my gosh, it's been a thousand years. I don't know how I let it go on for so long. Um, I've missed my podcast so much. I mean, I guess I know how it's how I let it go on for so long, and that is, of course, school started. So I had the end of summer, and things were kind of crazy in August, um, and then September started, and you know, off we go, brand new routine. Lots of changes. You know, fall always kind of brings a lot of changes. And um yeah, kind of adjusting to my new my new normal, my new routine. Very busy, busy, busy. And um, you know, this is I, I'm just so psyched because this episode is gonna be it's really perfect for that because I think everyone's, you know, trying to adjust to their new routine. The kids are back in school. Uh if you're a teacher, obviously you're chugging along, you know, we're already um Probably getting close to report card time already. Um, you know, I've just been trying to stay balanced, stay centered, um, and just fight that feeling of overwhelm. I mean, even though I'm home right now, I still have a lot of hats that I'm wearing, and um, that familiar feeling of overwhelm, uh, you know, I, I didn't leave that with the full time career. <laughs> So, um, you know, this grand finale is just kind of perfect for that. I think everybody is in that, you know, space of of the year right now um, that this will be super helpful. Um, this interview with Kaya Roman, the author, um, is fabulous. She's super personable. She's relatable. She graciously shared her story with me and obviously in the book. And of course, the book title is The Joy Plan. And I just love the subtitle because that's, I mean, the joy plan already hooked me, but the, the subtitle really got me to definitely order it. Um, how I Took 30 Days to Stop Worrying, Quit Complaining, and Find Ridiculous Happiness. And something about that word ridiculous in there, um, first of all, that's how I talk, obviously, if you know me or have listened to this podcast at all. Um, I like to overuse the word Ridiculous. And just the concept of finding ridiculous happiness. Um, yes, please. You know, I want to have that. Um, and on paper, my life is by all means perfect. And I'm sure a lot of you, you know, kind of feel that way that on paper, everything's great. Um, but, you know, if you're not really feeling it, then this book is for you, you know, then you've got a problem and this book is for you. Um Another thing that hooked me is the fact that on the cover of the book, um, on the very top, there is a quote from my favorite author, Rachel Macy Stafford, and she's quoted, she's the Hands Free Mama author, um, handsfreemama.com. And the quote on the top of the the front cover says, a universal lifeline for reviving the world's long lost joy. And I totally agree. I think this book is fantastic. Um, There's the inside cover, there's a couple of pages of You know reviews from notable people, Um, and yeah, I agree with every single one of them. I the book itself is great. She shares her story. She shares um, the science behind this joy plan that she created for herself um, and why it works, how it works, and why it works. And something about having that layer of science besides just the anecdotes, um, just the you know, this is my story, uh, really, uh, gave it depth for me and, uh, made it feel very attainable. And then the appendices, oh, she's got these great appendices at the end of the book, um, where you can, um, create your own joy plan. There's several in here, several different exercises and it kind of, um, will just guide you to create your own joy plan. And, um, also, if you have a book club, there is a uh, the Joy Plan discussion guide in the back. So that's really exciting. So, you know, I, I really just have to tell you, um, you know, in a nutshell, if you can't stop right this second and say, my life is so fulfilling and full of joy, then you need this book. Because if you're not feeling ridiculous happiness, often you need this book. You deserve it. Everybody should feel that um, you, you, you're entitled to it. So, um, yeah, you know, without further ado, I am so excited to share with you this wonderful, wonderful conversation I had with the lovely Kaya Roman and I hope you enjoy. Um, don't forget to share this episode with anybody that you think might enjoy it. Um, you know, obviously my podcast is geared towards moms. Um, but you know, I, I think, lots of people would fit in this. Um, I'm going to warn you right now, there's a little tiny bit of swearing in it, um, including in the book. Um, the B word is used and um, the SH word is used. So um, I just want to warn you now in case you listen um, with any um, kitties. I have my lovely AirPods that I'm obsessed with. I think, I, I think I've... Told you about those on my podcast before. Um, the Apple AirPods, um, they're wireless um, earbuds and they're, you know, they're little tiny earbuds and they're wireless and they're amazing. And it's also a miracle that I haven't lost them yet, um, but I haven't, so I still love them. <laughs> so without further ado, enjoy my fantastic finale with Kaya Roman, the author of The Joy Plan. Hello everybody. Um, I'm so, so super excited today because I have a guest from, gosh, we figured it's probably three or 4,000 miles away, all the way from the other side of America. Um, And for our big season finale, this guest is none other than the author of The Joy Plan, Kaya Roman. So how are you today? Thank you. I'm great. I'm really honored to be your finale guest. Oh, I'm just thrilled. I I came across your book last summer. Um I I really got into a lot of um I guess well I, what I what I do is I call myself a self-help junkie. <laughs> I um and I I just I just eat up you know, different books or videos or, um, you know, online um, personalities that are giving us, you know, inspiration and, and good vibes and all that. And, um, and actually, I came across your book through Rachel Macy Stafford. Oh, love her. Oh my gosh, I am like one of her biggest fans. Um I was fortunate enough to be on the uh launch team for Only Love Today. Oh, so cool. I got to be in this like private Facebook group with her. Yeah, yeah, I and, was part of that too. Oh my gosh, get out of town. <laughs> no way. Okay. Didn't even know that. So, I you know, so she said, "Oh my gosh, you have to check out this book. It's fantastic." And I, you know, and of course her, she's quoted right on the cover of the book, a universal lifeline for reviving the world's long lost joy. And I would have to agree with Rachel. So yeah. So when, when Rachel says jump, I say how high and I go and buy the book. (laughs) So anyway, so you are out in California in Santa Cruz, right? That's right. Okay. So you describe, say I've never been to California. I have been out West, but I haven't been to Cali yet. And you describe it as it basically sounds like a paradise. And um, I'm in upstate New York, and most of most of the guests on the podcast are from state New York. And today is currently an uh, unseasonably cold, rainy, miserable day. So can you just give us a little hope and tell us about the beauty that you live in? <laughs> oh, well, you know, I've been to upstate New York, and it is incredibly beautiful. It is very green. I will give it that. And you can't have green without the rain.
1: I was there in the summer. So that's probably a different experience. (laughs) But um, the trees are just so magical. And that's one thing that I really love about Santa Cruz. Um, Being on the coast in California, not all places also have forest. But we have redwood forests here, um, yes. you know, just minutes away from the ocean. And, and I really love to be in the trees. So, And my husband and my kids really love to surf. So it's really nice for us to have both the forest and the ocean. So, yeah, it, it is pretty much paradise. Um <laughs> But, you know, as I explained in the joy plan, once you get to a certain state of mind, I think you experience any place as paradise.
0: You know, I agree. And I think, um, you know, we'll get into all of this. But, you know, I, I was driving around today doing some errands and it's just it's really gray. I mean, it's really. This is this would be a great place for the vampires, um, you know, that live in Forks, Washington or whatever made up place. Um, They would be just fine here. They wouldn't glitter in the sun, Edward and all of them. So in the coven. Uh (laughs) Yeah. So they would be just fine today. They're so
1: good for staying inside and getting really creative. You know, you're an incredible writer, too. So it's like a very good time to just bundle up
0: and and write. Yeah well that's very true and you know and I just I just try to think you know everything our, our springs and and typically our summer is so lush yeah. And, you know, you can't have that yeah. without the rain. So there you go.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we've had this major drought here in California. So Ooh. we could, um, it's been better this year, but yeah, we could be jealous of your lush. Yeah, I know. We, could, <laughs> so
0: we, we, could we light all light have our,
1: our areas that we can, you know, be super grateful for, for where we live. <laughs> Very true.
0: Okay, so we could talk about the weather or we could talk <laughs> about your fantastic book. <clears throat> So again this book is called The Joy Plan How I Took 30 Days to Stop Worrying, Quit Complaining and Find Ridiculous Happiness. And you know, I I also want ridiculous happiness and I have to tell you I haven't really written about it on my blog yet, but last spring I had this um totally out of out of the ordinary for me um, about with panic attacks. I had never had this before. And that was part of my whole, um, you know, just doing all, all of the things, all of the things that I can get my hands on. I started a yoga practice. I started, or I started, you know, personally, I didn't like start open up a practice, (laughs) but I started a yoga practice. Um, I, you know, reading different books, um, you know, eating up Rachel Macy Stafford and just whatever kind of feel good things, essential oils, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I saw, you know, when I saw this book, although I was already starting to feel better, I thought, oh, yes, 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 yes. I need to find ridiculous happiness, Um, stopping, you know, stop the worrying. Um, So it's I just love it. I can't say enough about it. I talk about it all the time. Um, And, you know, you kind of start talking um, in in the book about your experience, your struggles when your business failed. Um, And you're very upfront about it um very real and relatable um you know what was that moment like when you realized you know you poured all, everything into this project and shit is just isn't working yeah
1: Phew. um it was absolutely devastating. That was definitely a low, low point in my life. Um, I had so much riding on that, you know, money and time, and mm. sort of this agreement that I had with my family that I was going to do this, but it was really, really going to pay off. Um, And you know, it was even bigger than just the loss of the money and the time and the business and and all the years that I'd spent building it was. Uh, just this extremely low time in my self-esteem. It was like all the meaning that I assigned to what this, what this failure of the business really meant about me as a failure. And like, this was the last chance that I would ever have to actually do something meaningful to actually be successful. Um, so the way that I spun it out in my head was way worse than, I mean, a business, what's a business, you know, it's such a first world problem to have a business. Right. But, um, my experience of it internally was v- very, very devastating and I can totally relate to the panic attacks. Um, and the anxiety. I mean, I oh. had it all. I've, I had the anxiety. I had depression. Mm-hmm. I had the, like, I never want to get out of bed, but yet I can't sleep. Um, right. Uh, it was the, low, low, low moment. But, um, you know, like you, like anxiety brought you to yoga and mm-hmm. discovering all these other tools that you can use to bring joy into your life and change your brain chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. you know, these, to- these low times are, are always such a blessing because they, yes. they, they bring us to our knees and then we've got to find a way
0: to bring ourselves back up. And that's really, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I feel I I am thankful in my gratitude journal that I you know got because of the Joy Plan, and it's a cute little. I have a thing for Alice in Wonderland, and it's a cute little Alice in Wonderland notebook that is tiny and can fit in my purse. Oh, I and I yeah, I love it, and and you know, and I regularly write about how thankful I am that I, you know, went on this journey that I had that happen to me. Um, and and there are people that are, you know, that have it more significant than I did. But I certainly, you know, had just that intense feeling of fear. And like, just there's a bear, even though I'm, I'm safe in my house, and there's no bear. But I think, you know, now looking back, I think I had, you know, way too much my plate. And, you know, and just put a lot of pressure on myself. And anyway, so but it brought me all of these wonderful gifts. Now, you know, you're right, it's like, I could rise from the ashes and, and be better than before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, gosh, you know, so it sounds like there was a lot of shame associated with
1: that. Know, that failure, if
0: you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Shame is the key word, I would say. Um, I yeah, I had so much riding on this, my my reputation, my like my whole sense of identity. Um mm-hmm. so and it it just it felt like a the final straw in a long string of failures. This was like Oh, supposed to be the big thing that I would finally get. Right. You know, I mean, as a mom, I think we tend to be hypercritical. Like we're never, I mean, at least for me, like I wasn't the greatest mom and, you know, to compensate for that, I was going to be the greatest business person. And then I wasn't great at that. It's like, oh, can I do oh. it right? So, yeah, I had, I had a pretty harsh s- story
0: that I was telling. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I, you know, I just love that you're upfront about it because, you know, I didn't go through that, but I I think, you know, people can read that and say, me too, or I went through something similar. It was, you know, just manifested differently. But um You know, what was your biggest, in that time, what was your biggest fear? (sighs) Well, I was about
1: 39 and... um, So life was almost over. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, look, if I can't get it together by now, um, I'm never going to get it together. I'm going to be dependent on my husband and like he could leave at any moment and I have no way to... um, support myself I have like I've failed in my career I've failed I've failed at everything
0: oh,
1: oh my <laughs> gosh it. yeah
0: it's, it, it it was pretty low oh my gosh so you know here you are in all of this and and you describe it in the book that basically you know once everything kind of settled and you you walked away and it was over you decided to come up with this plan this 30-day joy plan um did you really think it was going to work or did you, you know, just have doubts with it?
1: Well, I was in a pretty desperate place and, um, I just, it was, it was like a place where I didn't think I could just start applying for jobs or, you know, start another business because I was really mentally fried. Um, so I needed something. I mean, I've always had a plan. I have been a planner like <laughs> since the moment I was born. I've had yep. a plan. Um so it was it was pretty um devastating for me not just not only that my business failed, which was not something I could foresee or expect at all. Um, and that it happened in such a dramatic way. Um, but I had no idea what to do next. So it was actually talking with my friend Nico. Um, she suggested this idea that she had heard that if you make joy, your only priority for 30 days, that it's long enough to actually change the circumstances in your life. And I don't know, just like this bell went off in my head, like ding, 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 a plan. That could be a plan. Joy right. could be my plan. And it felt kind of more doable than anything else I could come up with for the next 30 days. Um, but no, I can't say that I really thought it would work. I just thought, I've got to do something. At mm-hmm. least gave me something to do. It was something concrete, although that's is isn't very concrete. It's very nebulous, How, like find joy for three. Right, <laughs> um,
0: But it was something I could grab onto. Well, for me, um, what made the joy plan so effective and so compelling is all the science behind it. You reference a lot of science. Um, you know, when I read it, I thought, oh, my gosh, it's not all in my head. It's all in my head, <laughs> like all the science, the the biology part of it. Um, can you tell us about? Is it called the amygdala? Am I saying that right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I was, okay. The yeah, amygdala. It's I was funny because I was saying my amygdala. <laughs> there you go. And it, I, for the longest time in my mind, I was calling amygdala. Oh. And then my oh, friend oh, and I, who oh, I, I pretty. when I first read the book, <laughs> um, when I first read the book, I I. Um, called my best friend and I I think I was like on page 14 and I said oh my gosh I said you're you have to buy this book and we're going to read this together so that's what we did but um but anyway so at some point I said something about the amygdala and she was like um it's amygdala <laughs> but anyway so the amygdala um you know can you tell us about that and how does it affect feelings of anxiety and fear
1: yeah, for sure. Um, well, first of all, I'm glad that you like all of the science in the book because I am a total science geek and a researcher and my business was an epigenetics business. So I you know, was very involved in studying and, and helping people with their health. Uh, with a lot of the concepts that I talk about in the book. So there's really no other way for me to go about something. When I take on a project like the joy plan, I am super pragmatic and scientific about it. So that was, um, you know, the joy plan, basically, I, I like to describe it as a memoir with benefits. So it's my story of how I made joy my priority and then my life changed. But then with like all the science behind it and the specifics of what I did for people that maybe learn better through a story than just reading a self-help book that says, you know, take these steps, step one, step Absolutely.
0: Three, step three. Um, I, I just think it's a great marriage of theory and practice. Yeah. And, okay. um, you know, and I keep reading, it's something I'd never been opened up to before, but, you know, I keep learning about, I keep hearing about the amygdala yeah. and you know, the biochemistry of the brain and this and that. So, you know, these aren't little things that you made up. These are <laughs> legit, real scientific facts. And how can we take this knowledge that we have and, you know, improve the joy in our life? Yeah.
1: Okay. So the amygdala. So the word amygdala comes from almond in Latin because it's actually shaped like an almond and about that same uh, size in our brain. We have two of them. We have one in each hemisphere. And, um, as you know, I teach mindfulness to elementary school kids. So what I tell them is to take their thumbs and put them inside their palms of their hands and make two fists and then put their fists together. And this is a rough representation of the size of your brain and the thumbs inside each hemisphere of the brain represent the amygdala. And so the amygdala is like a sensor and it does a lot of really important things that, you know, has a lot of, it has a lot of roles having to do with emotion. But, um, the, the thing that I mostly focus on in the Joy Planet and in my life is the amygdala's role in sensing danger. So the amygdala, back when humans actually faced a lot more dangers than we do today, like we were actually being chased by bears, um, the amygdala would sound the alarm. And basically, it alerts us to three main reactions, fight, flight, or freeze. And today, even though the dangers that we face are not that dangerous, the amygdala is still going off as if we're being attacked by a bear. So you've got I don't know, a, a work project on a tight deadline and the amygdala is going off, or you know, you're um, rushing in the morning to get... All the kids to school, and the amygdala is going off. Or um, you're you're in traffic, and you're going to be late for this meeting. Um, so your amygdala is reacting as if this is like a scary, life threatening situation, and then yes. it creates this whole cascade of biological responses. So cortisol, which is the hormone of stress, you know, gets elevated. Your heart rate is elevated. Your blood pressure goes up, and um, it basically, you know, tells, tells your body that you're in danger. And that's, that's anxiety. That's fear. You know, fear is the amygdala sounding the alarm, basically.
0: You know, my friend and I, we, it's funny because sometimes we, we kind of say, darn that amygdala, you know, my amygdala is, you know, acting up, you know, we, we both said that we wish that we could, you know, maybe get like, you know, you can get like gastric bypass or like a sleeve. <laughs> if we could just bypass some of the amygdala yeah. like we need it sometimes we do we need it no, we, need,
1: <laughs> we need to know when we're in danger and sometimes we really are in danger so you know we wouldn't want right. to get rid of it but I think some people like me for sure um have like a hair trigger amygdala so mm-hmm. you know, my amygdala tells me that I'm in danger at times when <laughs> It's just like, come on, this is really not a big deal. My body should not be reacting with so much stress over something so minor. So it's really right. a matter of retraining. It's um, because it's a habit, just like anything else. Our brain becomes used to our the, the same thoughts and the same reactions, and then it just gets into habits, And and we can
0: retrain it. Okay, so what are some things that we can do to calm that amygdala? Well, this is really cool.
1: Um, so, oxygen is actually the cue to the amygdala to calm down. Really? Um, and. That is why you know people always say take deep breaths, and I don't oh, know if right, anyone sure. ever tells me to take deep breaths when I'm angry. I'm like, no way! <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's the last thing I want to do. But um, but that's why because because if you can increase the amount of oxygen in your brain, it calms the amygdala. Um, other things. So finding ways to decrease your cortisol level. Um, so, cortisol is that hormone of stress. Again, not a bad thing. Mm. We need some amount of cortisol. Otherwise, we'll just sleep all the time. Um, but we don't want to have too much. So um, exercise you know reduces cortisol. But if you just need to like, you, you you can't just, you know, get on a treadmill. like it's in the moment you need to calm down your amygdala, and deep breaths mm. aren't totally doing it for you super simple thing to do is think of things you're grateful for. When you think of things that you're grateful for, your brain registers it as something that you earned or something that you deserve. Like if I'm grateful for my wonderful family, I must have done something to earn this wonderful family. And then my brain rewards me with dopamine. This is the the hormone of reward, and that lowers okay. cortisol, mm-hmm. and also calms the amygdala. So that's a simple little hack. I mean, that's why gratitude is such an important practice in the Joy Plan.
0: Oh, nice! That makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, because you can't you can't really think about both. Yeah, you can't, you can't
1: really focus be, on both. You can't really be focusing on. Fear and gratitude at the same time—they sort of counter. I might have them. read that just recently
0: in a post of yours, <laughs> <laughs> um, because besides the book, she is also Kaya is also a writer on Mind Body Green and has, um, you know, publishes posts regularly. So, okay, so another big thing that you mention in the book is um, what some people refer to as the ego. Mm -hmm. Uh, or as you call her chatty patty or another way you call her is the bitch in your head, Mm -hmm. which is totally, totally accurate. She feels so real. Um, She doesn't feel like she's a construct of the mind, at least for me. I mean, it's, it's getting much better, but um, it feels like she is the mind, that little voice in my head. That's telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about or I'm worthless or I don't deserve this or no one believes you. Um, I'm not worthy, you know, any of that. Um, Mm -hmm. it's really, you know, you talk about it's, it's, it is a construct of the mind. It is not really the mind. So can you tell us about this chatty Patty, um, how to identify her, Mm -hmm. how to separate her as just what she is and how to silence her, or at least get her to quiet down quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Excuse me. So, You know, I think that the first step is recognizing that we all have this voice in our head. We all have this persona or ego or, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's, um, I, I have worked with the Researcher from Europe named uh, Dr. Albert Garoli, and he mm. has measured thousands of patients' brains, and he found what um, what he calls it, an evolutionary glitch. This persona that is like a coping mechanism gone rogue in the brain, and that is what that mm. voice is. So, at some point in everyone's childhood, they experience some kind of hardship or some kind of rejection. And we create a a way to cope with that. And um, Dr. Garoli actually mapped it out like there's six different sort of themes for how people choose to cope with this rejection or this adversity. And that becomes... This persona that that's active whenever your amygdala is active, or or whenever your brain senses that you need to be on alert, and then instead of just being there to protect you, it it actually then wants to like control you and run the show. Yes, sort of this self perpetuating program that needs to constantly have adversity to be fed. So if you're calm, if you're happy, if you're, you know, (laughs) feeling good about yourself, then the persona doesn't have a job. So it doesn't want things to go well in your life. And it will constantly tell you, uh, whatever it is that it needs to tell you so that you will rely on it to protect you. And, uh, mine is the controlling one. So my My persona tells me I need to control everything in my life and everything in my environment because that's the only way I'll be safe. And then within that, I also need to keep myself separate from others. So Mm. that is not the real me, Um, but it will make me feel so bad about myself by constantly telling me what a failure I am or any other number of things like you mentioned. Um, Sure, yeah so that I believe that. And so that I go back to that, that glitchy programming. It's, it's really embedded in our brains. And I think the first step to becoming free from it is just even recognizing that it exists. And like you said, it's so hard to even notice that there's something different going on there, that that's not the truth
0: because it's so is She just, she, um, imitates me like my actual voice. Like it sounds like it feels like it's the same inner voice. <laughs> yeah. So the way that you can tell
1: is by how you feel. And, you know, I actually had to go through a process of writing down my thoughts. You know, I took this time during the joy plan. I kind of dedicated these 30 days that so this is what I was going to do. But I don't think you even have to take that much time. If you just notice throughout the day, certain repetitive thoughts we have, supposedly scientists say, we have about 60,000 thoughts a day and about 90% of them are repetitive. So it shouldn't be too hard to notice if you're having mm. you know, certain thoughts like thousands of times a day. Uh, write those down and notice mm. how you feel when you're having that thought. So if I'm having a thought, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, and I'm feeling just awful in that moment, That's my indication that that thought is coming from my persona. Now, the other thoughts that I have, when I feel good, when I feel excited, when I feel relaxed, when I feel hopeful, those thoughts are coming from my true self. So the emotions are the feedback system that we can use to tell the difference between the thoughts. And then once we can discover which thoughts are coming from the persona and we can start to recognize it. And then, you know, to me, she's like this bitch in my head. I'm like, I see you. You know, I see what you're trying right. to do. I hear you. Right. Then it starts to lose its power because um, I'm recognizing her as someone different than me. And it's a, it's a process, but it is possible. And then you have to start replacing those thoughts. So she tells me I'm a failure. I tell her, something that i'm proud of that i've done or i tell her you know it doesn't matter because i'm so grateful for this and I, i replace it with something that gives me that really
0: good feeling okay so it's really it's really a practice it's really something that you have to choose and you have to you know kind of stay with and it's not you can't get her out for good right (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think
1: that is what, you know, like monks who meditate for years and years and years <laughs> are trying to do. Like, I think it's possible, but I think for most of us, um, it's more of a daily practice. And it's it's really a hardwired part of the brain that we maybe won't be able to bypass altogether, but we don't have to let it rule as much as it has been ruling.
0: Sure. Now, is the joy plan still working for you? Do you have relapses? And if you do, what brings you back?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, just now it is really a daily practice and I do feel that it's working, but I have to work on it. Um, I mean, I am not (laughs) stress-free. I'm not, you know, persona-free. I, but I have these tools now. And so that is what I am so grateful for, you know, through this process, it was like 30 days was enough for me to discover this set of tools that I could use. Mm. And they're still the same exact tools that I use every single day. And it's, you know, like there'll be a step backward, but then I can go forward again pretty quickly. I don't get stuck in depression, anxiety, you know, horrible right. negative thoughts that just go on and on and on. I I don't get I don't get as sucked in anymore. They still come up, um, but my tools still work. And you know, that was the whole point. You know, I wrote this book for myself. I actually never intended anyone else to read it and I never intended <laughs> to publish it. I just I wanted to remember how I did it so that I could keep doing it so that, you know, so that I could use these techniques again when I needed to. And I I knew that would not be the last hard time in my life.
0: Right. I love that. I love that you said that, you know, you have this for yourself, you know, sitting so that way you'll remember.
1: I still keep it on my nightstand and I still read it. And I still like remind myself and I still do the exercises that are in the appendix. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not oh, something I that I those. that I wrote just to, like, give to other people. I really practice it.
0: Oh, I love that. And I love, you know, I love the tips at the end of each chapter. I love the appendix with the, the different activities that help you create your own joy plan um, and the discussion guide. Um I really, you know, I haven't done it yet, but I really keep thinking about starting a group, you know, it's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't done it yet, but it's, it's kind of, it's, it's on my list of, of things that I'm kind of, you know, simmering on a little bit, but I, you know, I just think, yeah, the format of the book is great. And actually, you know, I'm sitting at my desk right now and hanging up at my desk under a bright light is, um, my, um, oh my gosh, what do you call it? My, my poster. I made my poster, my, um, Oh, your vision board. Oh. Yes. My vision board. There oh. we go. My vision board. Yes. And what I did was, um, I, I went to the dollar store and they, and I had, I had some magazines and I kind of made it like a collage and I went to the dollar store and I bought, um, some stickers and they had, I swear it was the law of attraction. They have like just a couple of different like scrapbooking type supplies. And what they had on that particular day was all stuff that spoke to me. Um, Just very pretty, like floral, kind of like three-dimensional stickers. They had like, they physically actually bump out. Um, Glitter, um, you know, little things. Like I have this one sticker that looks like it's like a floral wreath that says fun. Um, And another one that says life is beautiful. And so I did it last summer with my kids and they made their own vision boards. Nice. Oh, I want to go <laughs> so, yeah. there. That. that is so cool. Yes, it's here and it's just, I just love it. I, it's like, And I think, um, I think I'll do it again. You know, I don't think this is necessarily like the one, it was such a good experience and I love singing it. Um, you know, I think I'll probably eventually you know, toss this one and do it again because yeah. it was just such a good experience. Yeah, but, yeah. I
1: like to do them every once in a while as well because your vision will change, you know? Or yeah, maybe absolutely. On the vision board will come to you and then it's time to
0: have some new goals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a, a lot of, speaking of vision and, and, you know, what you do, a lot of feeling joy is doing work that you care about. You know, you talked about that in the joy plan. Um I'm a huge fan of Oprah's Super Soul Sessions mm. podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, and she's always talking about, you know, your calling, um, your vocation um, in those in, in her podcast. You address this in the book. How can we determine what our true calling is? And maybe even more importantly, if we think about, if we think our true calling is X, but we are well into a career of Y mm-hmm. that pays the bills, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> where do we go from there? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Great question. Um, You know, again, finding your calling a lot of times comes back to your brain chemistry. So we're all wired a little bit differently. And um, for example, if you're an introvert or an extrovert, that will really determine what kind of work you would be best suited for because you know, neither one is better or worse than the other, but the brains of introverts and extroverts work really, really differently. And so if you put an introvert like me in a really extrovert career, I'm going to constantly be under stress, which is exactly what was happening. Mm, Um, Sure. Or or if you put an extrovert like my husband um, in an isolated environment and he's not able to be social and work with a team, he'll get depressed. So, Mm -hmm. um, so you have to kind of be self-aware and you need to pay attention to those times when you just really feel, you know, it doesn't necessarily feel like bliss. It doesn't necessarily feel, um, exciting. It might just feel comfortable. It might just feel Mm -hmm. right. Um, and for some people, it's something very specific. And for some people, it's more like, this is the kind of environment that I feel comfortable with uh, or the kind of people mm. that I feel comfortable with. And the specifics about the work don't matter so much. So it's it's really important just to notice all the times in life when you're like, hmm, that felt really good. Um, like my, my daughter, I mean, she's only 12, but she's already thinking about what, kind of things she might want to do with her life. And Sure. Um, she recently was taking care of a, a kid with some disabilities. And she was like, you know, that just felt so fulfilling. And I think that's what I want to do with my life. Like, I really want to help people that have disabilities. She was just noticing how it felt good to care for someone. And it felt good to like help others understand differences and to advocate for someone who maybe can't speak up for themselves. So it's those, those moments in life when you're like, huh, that, that felt really good. Those are the moments to pay attention to. And I want her to keep collecting that data, You know, keep collecting for the next 10 years or whatever, all those moments that that feel good to her. And then at some point she'll put it together in a way that makes sense for her career. And for those of us that are like way past that and have already been in careers, um, well, if you're far along in something that's paying the bills but it's making you miserable, then you need to find a way to make a change. That change mm-hmm. could be as simple as changing your attitude or changing a few things about your working environment. But if it's really, really poorly suited for you, then you you need to change because otherwise you'll get sick. I mean, if we're doing the wrong thing all the time, maybe it's filling the bank account, but it's depleting our adrenals and you know taking away from our health and, and longevity, it's not worth it. So, yeah, um, finding that that thing that you that you love is super important. And it's more about finding the work that resonates with your brain pattern.
0: Yeah, I lo- you know, I love that. So it really may not necessarily be, you know, the work itself, you know, but sometimes just something smaller, something. Um, I mean, it may be the work itself, but it might be something smaller that you know, you can just kind of adjust to make it more comfortable for you. And um, that's really helpful. And might I add that they're one of the items in the appendix specifically really addresses that. So another reason to check out the book. <laughs> um, so speaking of you know, you have this book. Um, what was it like to seek publishing for your book? Did you have the whole book written first and then seek publishers, or did you pitch the idea? I mean, you said you weren't really planning on doing that. So, how, you know, how did that process kind of you know get going? I think in a probably really untraditional
1: way compared to how other authors publish books. Um, so, <laughs> I was a blogger already, as you mentioned. I blog for Mind Body Green, um, Huffington Post thrive, a bunch of other sort of wellness, you know, with a a wellness message on, on different blogs. And I already discovered that I really love writing. Well, I discovered that when I was about five years old, but I kind of rediscovered it through my joy plan. I found a lot of joy through writing and it was super fun to be blogging and then getting messages back from people that what I wrote meant something to them and made a difference to them. So this this um, story about dedicating my making a plan and dedicating myself to joy for 30 days started its life as a blog post. And it was way too long. And there was no way I could condense (laughs) it to under a 1000 words. So I just kept going. And then I realized, you know, I actually really want to write this down this whole thing down so that I remember how I did this. Mm. And turned into this book that I was writing just for myself. And then I shared it with a few friends because they kept asking me, you know, I told them what I was Your doing. Your board of directors? <laughs> My board of directors. <laughs> yes. They wanted to I read love it. that. And then they really encouraged me to publish it. They said, this is really good. This can really help people. You should publish it. And then I thought, okay, but... Impossible to get an agent and like a major publisher. I'm a nobody, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, yeah, my, the amygdala, my amygdala <laughs> again. Um, so Amazon, um, ha- makes it really easy to self publish. So I had actually already given a deposit to Amazon self publishing uh, platform, which is called create space. And I was all ready to self publish. I, um, I hired a designer to do a cover for me. I, um, had somebody do the layout. Like I was just going to self publish it. And then I thought, okay, that way, at least it's somewhere where my friends and family can buy it. Amazon will print on demand. Um, so, you know, it's just a really easy way to do a book. And, um, that's what I thought I was going to do. And then just like, a crazy on a whim. I got an email from someone who read a blog post of mine and suggested I reach out to this publisher. It was just like a whole bunch of chain of events, but basically there was a publisher who contacted me through a mutual friend that was interested wow. that you know, I mentioned in my blog in a blog post that I was writing a book, they were interested in reading it. And then I thought, okay, well, before I talk to any publishers, I should get an agent because that's what you're supposed to do. But everyone told me getting an agent is like impossible. Um, You know, if you ever look into it, they say like, unless you're totally famous, you won't even get a rejection letter for five months. But I thought, oh, okay, oh I have nothing invested here. I'm already all set to self publish. Let me just see what happens if I try to query some right. agents. So I sent a um, letter and a couple of sample chapters out to 20 agents on a Tuesday. Wow. And by Friday, I had seven offers of representation. Oh
0: my gosh. From
1: these agents. All in holy like,
0: cow, your-, your amygdala probably just you backed in a corner. Yeah, and I was I was shocked. I was so
1: shocked. So I asked Create Space to give me my deposit back and said, okay, <laughs> let's give this a try. You know, let's just see if we could get a publisher. Right. Um, if not, I've always got the backup plan. And I had nothing invested. I wasn't like depending on this for anything. It was, I was just really allowing it to unfold and um, wow. so I ended up signing with a really wonderful agent and she got me a great publisher and the process was just so so fulfilling I mean the book became so much better than it would have been if I had self-published because I had like a team of editors who helped me really right. oh make gosh. it better and I think they just did such a great job with the layout and the cover and um everything oh, so it's beautiful. Yeah, I had a I think, yeah, rather untraditional
0: experience, but, (laughs) um, but I'm super grateful for how it all worked out. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Um, so you are a blogger, you have written this book and on a more regular basis. Oh, and you're, you know, a, a writer, you're a freelance writer. Yes. Um,
1: that's what takes up most of my time. I actually write for tech companies here in Silicon Valley.
0: Yeah. Um, but one of your other hats that, you know, just being a mom, and since this is a podcast really geared towards mom moms, um, one of your other hats is that you're, you're a mindfulness teacher at an elementary school. Mm. I mean, yeah, that just actually. sounds so outside of the box. <laughs> um, you know, just coming from here, we don't have anything like that. Um, you know, what is that like? How often do you see your students? Um, and I think I have an inkling, but what kind of results are the students and the teachers seeing Mm. from kids learning mindfulness techniques? Yeah. Well, uh,
1: thank you for asking about that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see it in schools on the East Coast as well, because it's actually becoming a lot more common all around the country, uh, because the research is showing that mindfulness training in schools um, increases attention and focus, um, attendance, it decreases bullying, it increases, you know, students happiness and like better behavior in the classroom. So there's a lot of research about this and, um, these mindfulness programs are becoming more popular or teachers are just starting to incorporate like a few minutes of mindfulness, you know, maybe once or twice throughout the day. Um, so for me, I started teaching at my kids' school about Three years ago, and it 's been a little different, depending on my schedule, you know with my freelance writing, how busy I am, how much time i 've been able to to put in. Um, mm-hmm. I used to teach like a whole day I would have all the different groups of all the different kid, age kids, and I'd have 45 minutes with each group. And then last oh, wow. year, I just worked with the third, fourth, and fifth graders. And now this year, because I have a lot less time, um, what I do is I work with the- entire- You're like a fancy <laughs> author and all that. <laughs> um, I I work with the entire school, so kindergarten through sixth grade on Thursday mornings, We, and actually all the teachers come to, and we do a mindfulness practice and every week I have a different theme. Um, so like the theme might be fear or the theme might be kindness or the theme might be empathy. And, um, I explain it from a scientific perspective, like what's going on in the brain and you know, what, so they understand, um, what's happening in their bodies with these different emotions or expressions. And then we do a practice. So mostly what I'm trying to do, we talked about how oxygen is this cue for the amygdala to calm down. Mostly I'm teaching Mm. them different um, breathing techniques so that in those moments when they can recognize that their amygdala is active, they'll remember to practice. Because you know, when you're sitting in a classroom and you're pretty chill and there's nothing that you're too worried about, Practicing mindfulness might not be so helpful, but if we do it frequently enough, I'm hoping it will become a habit that they can use. Yes. And, um, you know, and they actually tell me every week they tell me about the um, the different ways that they're using it. Some of them use their their mindfulness techniques as they're falling asleep or like they had a fight with their brother. And so they went and took some deep breaths and maybe snuggled their favorite stuffy. And they know that that reduces their cortisol and increases their oxytocin. They're all learning like all the hormones. and Oh my gosh. Brain just, waves. Uh, it's really, really it's cool. So it's, it's made a huge difference in the school actually. Um, wow. over the three years. It's made a really big difference in um, just, I think the, the behavior and um, the teachers have some tools that they can use now with the kids. We have like a common language that every you know everyone knows about the amygdala. These kids all know about their amygdala, oh, and so we can all talk about it in that way. Um, it, so that's really fun. And then the other thing that I do this year that's a little different than what I did um, in previous years is I have a third fourth grade writing class, and we actually oh, wow. um, I'm teaching them writing, but we uh, do it with a mindfulness theme, so every week we'll take whatever the lesson was for the whole school and we 'll dive deeper into it and um, take it on as like a a writing project as well as a mindfulness project so it's pretty awesome i lo- it's like the best time of my
0: week I love 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 oh my gosh, that is so cool i just I love that they're you know they get this focus on um you know, learning about the scientific part of it, you know, that it's not like we, we shouldn't, we don't have to be afraid of our emotions. Um, you know, if we're kind of upfront about it and educated about it, then, then we can, you know, better control ourselves because that's really what it's all about. Yeah,
1: exactly. Man, I just so wish this was stuff that I had learned as a kid, because I feel like I've had to figure it all out the hard way. So um, (laughs) yeah, that's what I want them to understand. Like, it's totally fine to be scared. It's totally fine to be angry. You know, we all have a whole number of emotions throughout the day. And it's hard to stay focused in school when you're bored. Like, all these things are totally normal. And it's good to understand what's going on in our brain and know that we have tools to help us bring, you know, bring us back to where we want to be. And I make it super fun. I mean, we've got Darth Vader breath and, you know, we've got all kinds of mm-hmm. fun oh, ways, that's you know, to make it interesting for them.
0: Oh my gosh. You know, I could see, I mean, you know, if you want to, if you, if you're looking for more ideas, you could write a mindfulness curriculum. Yeah. If you haven't already, um, <laughs> that could be your next book.
1: I know. Thank you. Um, I have Gosh. so many notes and so many lessons that I've planned and that have been so fun. So I have, it, it started off as a folder. Now it's a box <laughs> of like sure, all my I notes and all my lessons and stuff. So yeah, maybe someday, but in the meantime, if anyone out there that's listening <laughs> You're to like, it, anyway. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know when I'd have time to put it together, but someday perhaps. Um, but the mind up, curriculum is really awesome for any parents out there that even just you know want to do some of these things at home or if anyone's a teacher i definitely recommend bringing some of these ideas into the classroom and you can just um, literally buy this curriculum on amazon Um, they have i think two different books one is for maybe like k through third grade and the other ones uh third through sixth, or something. They might even have one for high school I, because I don't teach at that level. I haven't noticed. So just look sure. for mind up and mind up. Okay, it's, a, it's like a workbook that's full of lesson plans and it's great. It's, it's, I really recommend it. It goes into all the science. It's totally science-based. Um, and then with specific either breathing exercises, writing exercises,
0: group activities, it's, yeah, it's a really good resource. Wow. That is neat. Okay. I might be seeking that out. I definitely, you know, as much as I'm learning about all this stuff, I'm not great about, I'm getting better, but I'm not great about teaching my kids about, you know, emotions. And the whole idea is to allow yourself, you know, to become educated about it so you can control yourself and they're not controlling you. They're not taking over. Your amygdala is not, you know, ruling you, but you can step back and say, okay, you know, I'm mad or I'm worried or whatever. And, you know, how can I um, solve this in a, you know, in a positive way or, you know, a constructive way. Yeah.
1: To know that I'm having an emotion, but that doesn't mean I am that emotion. Oh, right. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, which tools work for you? Because just like, you know, we talked about your brain chemistry and fitting well with different careers. um, We're all going to have like a slightly different thing that will help us calm our amygdala or, or, you know, help mm-hmm. us step that makes sense. back a little bit. Um, so that's why I try so many different activities with my kid, with my students, um, you know, in hopes that they'll find that thing that really works for them. Yes. Um, and, you know, you can, you can practice with your kids. You can test out some different things. You guys can practice I love that. together. Yeah, it's, I think just really important, you know, in today's
0: crazy world, we all we all need yes. some tools. Yeah, absolutely. Um all right, I have one more big question and then I have some little questions. Okay. Okay, so my my last big question is how do you mentor, maintain your joy plan? Well,
1: I still start every day with my gratitude meditation, which is nothing too fancy. Basically, I just sit in bed and think of all the things I'm grateful for. Um, okay. Yeah. But I'm really dedicated to that. So I, I set my alarm 10 minutes before I actually need to get up. And then I just use that 10 minutes to think of things I'm grateful for. I think that really sets the tone for my day. Um And I do practice mindfulness throughout the day, which is basically mindfulness is just bringing your attention to the present moment. So it's, you notice there's this thought or this, you know, sensation or this thing going on. Your amygdala or your mind is constantly shooting from the past to the future, but very rarely just in this present moment. So I use my five senses. I just bring my awareness back to my body. I take some deep breaths. So I do that kind of, all the time. Um and I I try to just be aware of like what I'm thinking and what I'm speaking. I, I used to have a pretty strong habit of complaining. Um, so I try to be more self-aware of that. Uh, so I'd say just little, little things, you know, just little practices that have now become habits of mine because I've been doing it for so long, but I still have to keep them up.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. Thank you so much for all of this. Oh my
1: my pleasure. I'm Oh, this was so so much fun. I'm glad to finally connect with you.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm glad to connect with you. Um, you know, again, the book is called The Joy Plan, How I Took 30 Days to Stop Worrying, Quit Complaining, and Find Ridiculous Happiness. And Kaya Roman, where can we find you online?
1: So what I really recommend is going to my website, thejoyplan.com and sign up for my weekly emails. Um, They're kind of like little sound bites every week. I give an exercise or a project that you can work on. It's it's kind of a digestible way to break down the joy plan into something you can work on every week. Um, So I get a lot of great feedback about those emails. Um, So that's at thejoyplan.com. You can find my blog on Mind Body Green. You can find me on Facebook. Um, and you can find the book on Amazon or on Audible if you like to listen to books. It's available as an ebook. And in September, it's coming out in Spanish.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so exciting! That's super
1: exciting. I'm really stoked about that.
0: El plan del gozo. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. I have six more little questions. Okay. Little rapid fires here. Okay. You ready? Fire away. Okay. Your favorite author and or
1: book, uh, Diana Gabaldone, um, the outlander series been for about 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Those are some heavy duty books. Oh man. She's basically the best writer in the world. As far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Okay. What is your favorite quote? Um, so, you know, that quote by Margaret Mead, um, it's quoted so often, but I I just love it. Uh, Never doubt the power of a small group of dedicated individuals to change the world. In fact, it's the only way. It's, that's all that whoever have. I don't know. I'm kind of messing it up. But basically... Um, <laughs> yeah never never doubt a small group of sorry i just looked it up never doubt that a small group of thoughtful committed citizens can change the world indeed it's the only thing that ever has
0: Mm, that is a good quote yeah love that okay guilty pleasure
1: Hmm, um well i'd have to say sugar i'm i i've i've gone back and forth i have i have beat the sugar habit um and then i've i've Falling off the wagon, so yeah, still working on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah i I have a soda a day. I don't have, you know, very like like I said, maybe maybe I don't even think it's maybe a twelve ounce soda a day. That's it. But it's like that's my little thing I look forward to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of soda, <laughs> besides your family, what gets you going? What puts the fizz in your soda, uh-huh. so to speak? Um, well. I really
1: am a researcher, so I always have to like have my next thing that I'm that I'm researching that I'm learning about. Um, I love reading. I mean, I have a stack of I don't know, maybe twelve books next to my bed right now. Um, so I'm I just love learning. Right now, it's quantum physics. I'm like trying to learn everything that I can about quantum physics, but it's always something.
0: Whoa. Hmm. You ever read the book? Um, there's a great book called Alice in Quantum Land. Oh no, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it kind of explains quantum physics within, you know, um, the Alice in Wonderland story. Oh my
1: God, maybe I would actually. <laughs> she, she learns it about. That way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's
0: pretty neat. It's okay, pretty,
1: it's putting cool. that today. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, what keeps you balanced and calm? Well. Um... I
1: really love taking hikes in the woods. I try and go once a week, doesn't always happen. But any any chance that I get to just go be outside, uh, whether it's just taking my dog for a walk around the neighborhood um, uh, or, you know, sitting in my backyard, being being outdoors mm-hmm. really does it for me.
0: And what do you think the world needs more of? Uh, kindness. <laughs> kindness, you know... Just
1: connection, smiling at each other, um, not being so wrapped up in our own reality that uh, we can't connect with others, mm-hmm. you know, even with just a smile.
0: Absolutely. I would agree.
1: Okay, well, this was just so much fun. Yeah, for me too. Thank you so much for having me on. And, um, oh my gosh, my pleasure. Continued joy plan. You've been an inspiration to me to see how you've been putting it. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going on vacation next week with my family and I'm going to bring my, my messy copy of the joy plan with all of my post-it notes hanging awesome. out. And, um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to bring this and maybe one other book and that's it. And just kind of, you know, go back to it every once in a while. Yeah. There's so many good little nuggets in there. So yeah, I feel like it's a book that, I mean,
1: I know I read it uh, from time to time and I've heard from other people that it's a book that they feel like they need to keep reading every, every mm-hmm. once in a while. So that's great. Absolutely. Well, have a great vacation. And thanks again for having me on. Thank you.